Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today we're continuing our coverage of The Bad Batch. We're talking today about Season 2, Episode 11, Metamorphosis. With myself and regular co-host Aaron McGowan, all that more after commercial break, we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. And Aaron, I gotta start by asking you, do you like Godzilla movies? I'm gonna be honest. I have never seen a Godzilla movie. I mean, I don't think that's true because you have now seen two <laughs> episodes of Godzilla movies. You've seen the Zilla Beast, which was, a, I think, a three-episode part in the Clone Wars. And now you've seen Metamorphosis, which is kind of like a Godzilla Returns. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you think about uh, having big monsters back? For those who don't know, these Star Wars episodes are about. If you haven't seen the Clone Wars, there's an interesting series of episodes about a creature called the Zilla Beast. They are not hiding that it is a Godzilla uh, parable in any way, shape, or form. And it's, you know, it's it's a lot of, like, fighting big monsters, but a lot of it is also about that Chancellor Palpatine kind of manipulates things to create a situation where, A, this beast kind of gets loose in the city and thus causes more chaos and fear and all the good things that go with that for him, but more importantly, gets him a chance to genetically engineer and work on this beast, showing Palpatine's interest in cloning that will eventually pay off 30 years later and and just kind of general nefariousness. But here I think we're clearly seeing that where that's going, that the cloning is continuing and the Godzilla beast is back. So, yeah, that, that's why we're talking about Godzilla beasts here today. Uh, Filoni has said specifically that this was always meant to be a tribute to the movies he loved. Um, so, yeah, but um, for, for you, Aaron, what was this episode like? I loved it. I I mean, the opening – actually, not the opening shot, but like the screenshot that they used for the episode was a clone commando. And I was like, oh, my mm -hmm. God. I got so excited because my favorite um, book series is Republic Commandos. So I was like, clone commandos are back. Like, what is this going to be? I was a little disappointed yeah. we didn't really focus on them. But I was actually really excited to be back on the subject of the Zillow Beast because that's always been such an open-ended thing after the Clone Wars was canceled. Like, I always felt mm -hmm. like it's something they intended to go back to and just didn't get there in time. So I'm glad they yeah. were able to get back there in this series. I'm really glad you had that reaction. I, It's funny because I think I had the exact same reaction to this as I did to the Zilla Beast <laughs> episodes, which is – and it's kind of the same reaction, honestly, that I have to Godzilla movies, which is that I think the conceit of a beast that is just so prim primordial and elemental and huge that it forces humanity or – sentient life to challenge its hubris about can we control nature, I think that's an interesting story. I think all the side plots that happen around science versus business versus government and can we deal with this beast and what do we have to do are all fascinating. I generally find, though, that when the majority of the movie is these epic scenes of people fighting a huge beast, I'm not really here for it. And that was kind of how I felt about this episode. It was like, I thought the stuff with Sid was interesting. I thought the character moments were interesting. We got a lot about the Empire. But watching this, like, watching everybody fight a big animal for 20 minutes of the episode, I don't know. It just did, like, I'm really glad that people enjoyed it. I'm not saying it was wrong. It just wasn't for I me. I got you. That makes sense. It's not. Yeah. It's definitely not, like, emotionally grabbing. There's not much to hang on to there. But. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. Now, how quickly 
Did did you see that thing and immediately yes. think that's a that's a yes. junior Zillow beast? I saw it open its mouth yeah. and I saw those teeth. I said that's a Zillow beast. I literally wrote down Zillow beast exclamation point. Yeah. For me, I I had a strong sense. It was when we first start started to see it like feed on electricity. It was when mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yep, this is this is this yeah. is our favorite. It was feeding. I was like, oh, she's about to grow. This is about to become a yep. bigger problem. <laughs> yep. Yep, it's going to go from all fours to being up on two legs mm-hmm. and yelling and screaming. Yeah, grew that extra leg on the back, too. Mm-hmm, yep. What, so let's back up a bit, because uh, we, we start with them having a confrontation with Sid, which I think has been building for a while. Um, what would you think about how that kind of played out? Um, I liked it, and I like what Tech had to say about it, because... You know, Sid is like, mm-hmm. oh, why are you guys mad at me? Like, what's the big deal? And Omega's like, you literally left us right. to die. Like, that's not cool. And Sid's like, okay, whatever. Well, you know, do you want to make money or not? Like, I have this job for you. I'll give you 30%. They're like, that's our regular cut. And they do this thing yeah. where they just kind of stare her down till she eventually ups it to 50% because they're also pissed at her. And she wants them to still be her personal mercenaries. And mm-hmm. so they kind of agree. They're like, yeah, we'll go. And she's like, okay, don't come, like, don't bother coming back if you don't have anything, like, for me to sell. Yeah. And the conversation kind of ends. And it's clear that, like, Hunter's over it. He doesn't really have an interest in going back to Sid. He's pretty much, like, ready to cut ties. And Tech is like, you know, we should be really careful about how we cut ties with Sid because she knows so much about us. Like, we need. We need to, like, yeah. still do this job and do our best to stay on her good side, even if we've realized she isn't someone that we, like, want to be around all the time. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really like that from Tech. A, because it kind of sets her up as she's not this good character. She's not this evil character. She's just a self-interested character doing her thing, and everyone's going to have to deal with that. And Tech is once again being the... Not immoral, not super moral, just amoral. Just he is he is just stating facts. And what I thought was particularly what I thought was particularly interesting about that is in general, if someone points out that if we don't keep this person happy, they could do bad things to us, depending on the moral grayness of the people involved, another option is often implied of, well, if we don't want to keep her happy, we could prevent her from doing the bad thing to us by preventing mm-hmm. her. Um, and like, I'm just such a, I'm just so used to that kind of darkness that like I kind of half heard it. And but I don't think I don't think Tech was at all implying mm-hmm. it. But I think Tech was also saying it in a way of like I think if someone then said, "Well, what if we don't want to keep her happy?" Tech would then be happy. Be, not be happy, but like, oh, we'll get the other alternative is we, yeah, is we end her. her. And I I don't know if we're building to that because I think that would be a really dark mm-hmm. place. And I, I, I'm not, I don't think we're building to it, but just – it just for me further emphasized how much I like this side of tech of him. He is going to state the facts and he's going to name the options without getting into the – like the moral – like I think he would say it's better not to kill her. But for a lot of others, it's the, oh, how could you even suggest we could do that? And that's just not who Tech yeah. is. Yeah. I didn't really catch that, whether or not that was implied. I just kind of thought, uh-huh. like, 
oh, that's something they're setting up for another episode is how to deal with cutting ties with yeah. it, whether that's going to be messy or not. Um, but yeah, it could get extra messy if they decide they just want to get rid of her. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't even think it was meant for Tech to imply it, but just the way he said it without a sort of like, now, of course, I don't mean yeah. do this. It just again highlighted what I love mm-hmm. about his character. I also really like that in that scene, Omega is just one more of the group. Like, she's no longer the – I really think they've accepted her now. She's not more the kid. She's just one more of the group negotiating with this person who they do do business with. I agree. It was like a unified front that they presented. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. the boys and the kid. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. All right. So then we get to – basically the idea is that this ship has crashed and so Sid is sending them in to find it. Um, and of course, not telling them what's going on. They get there, they find the beast, they unleash the beast, and the beast starts growing, starts, you know, electricity. And what's interesting is that then they don't become the focus. Like the, uh, the Empire finds out about the beast, sends in its troops, uh, to both chase off the Bad Batch, but also to eventually capture the beast. And I, I don't know if this was your reaction, but I really liked that they, it wasn't the Bad Batch subduing the Beast because – and this is, I think, one of the things that I thought was interesting in the uh, Zilla Beast episodes originally is it's very easy to see it as like, oh, it's a huge monster. Therefore, it's evil and terrible and we should kill it. This felt – by the end of the Zilla Beast episodes, there was at least one group of the Jedi and, and, and some of the folks who were saying like, no, just – we don't want this Beast to be a danger to people, but let it live. It's mm-hmm. fine. Put it somewhere else. And so I was glad that the Bad Batch weren't the ones actively capturing the beast. And so they were just like – they were trying to stop it from doing damage. But it was the Empire who came in, knocked it out and, and you know, have taken it prisoner again and are going to use it for more genetic yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I agree. Like um, like you mentioned, at the end of the Clone Wars arc, I felt like they had made the Zillow Beast a very sympathetic character. Like we had some mm-hmm. shots of it just like showing some real emotion just through its like little facial expressions, some groans, like I don't know. Like at the end of the day, it was just trying to mind its business and live under the surface of Malastare and they interrupted it. They tried to blow it up, then they moved it to Coruscant, then it destroyed Coruscant yep. because it just wanted to go back to sleep under the surface of Malastare. <laughs> and yeah. so Yeah, I think it's it would have been kind of out of character for the Bad Batch to be like, oh, this random animal, we have to, like, subdue it and, like, take it out. Like, they were, like – Yeah. They realized as it left the ship, Hunter said something about, we let it loose. Like, we have to make sure that it doesn't do damage to this village. We need to make sure that it's not killing people. Right. And that's their goal is just to stop it from causing damage and harm. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. trying to kill it. Right. Um, they're not very successful at that. And then, you know, the Empire comes in, <laughs> chases them off, uses yeah. the same thing they used in the Clone Wars to kind of put it to sleep and then mm-hmm. takes it away, which was very sad to me. It really was. I mean, it's – and I think that's kind of the point. And, and I would say that is the point of a lot of the Godzilla movies as well is sort of that it's, you know, the same way that like – Frankenstein creates this creature, but the point of the book is that Frankenstein is the monster. And I think uh, – I'm by no means an expert on Godzilla films, but from the few I've seen and what I've read about them, I think that often is the idea, is that 
the villain is the the sentient life, the humans who are trying to control this force of nature rather than the force of mm-hmm. nature itself. And I definitely think that's what we're getting here. And, and I think that's a good part of transition to the other thing that I think is really kind of world building and interesting plot wise is we get this sort of ongoing. So we know that at least two Kaminoans are still alive and are prisoners mm-hmm. of the empire. Uh, the prime minister and the head scientist, uh, who I guess you can help me. Uh, Nalase. 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 Say again. Nalase is the scientist, and what's the prime minister's Don't name? Know. <laughs> they didn't say okay. it, and I didn't. Prime look minister. Up. He's the prime minister. Let's address him with respect. He'll be the prime minister. Uh, but yeah, we get this interesting dynamic. What do you think of how that that story played out? Because they're both prisoners of the empire, but the empire is trying to like use them to to basically they want Nalase to be involved in the cloning mm-hmm. work again. I liked seeing Nalase again. I. I saw her and I was like, oh, she's back. Like, good. I thought – I was worried that when they took away the prime minister, first off, I thought he was dead. I was very surprised he was still alive. Yeah. Um, and I was worried when they took away Nalase that we might not get follow-up on that because the Camino uh-huh. kind of story seemed to be closed. It was like, oh, Camino's literally destroyed. Um Right. So I was glad to see her back, and I think that it made a lot of sense for it to be this episode and this kind of um, plot where it's like, yeah, Palpatine has been working for these past, what would it be, like two years on mm-hmm. this cloning effort with the Zillow Beast. And it's clear that he's moved on to different scientists than he had before because the lead scientist in the Clone Wars even started to doubt um, – the reasoning behind keeping the creature, and she was kind of wanting to set it free also. So it's clear that Palpatine is right. just finding whoever will support his cause, but maybe that's deteriorating the amount of expertise that person has. I will say one thing that I kind of roll my eyes at but still love about Star Wars is that Star Wars doesn't object to using a character's name to tell you a lot about them. <laughs> so, for example, when we get Dr. Hemlock yeah. – as the like, I was like, "Oh come on, that's such a dumb name, but fine, okay." This is this is an evil yep. scientist who is doing evil, nefarious things. Doctor Hemlock, poison, got yep. it. Okay, I, I, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an interesting character that I want to see more of. Mm-hmm. I yeah, and I know we will because they're setting up that. They need Nalase to continue these cloning efforts, to continue maybe weaponizing the Zillow Beast and, you know, eventually in the future, cloning Palpatine himself. And they bring in the Prime Minister at the end kind of to try and manipulate Nalase because they're like, we're not getting through to her. She's been captured. We've tried everything to persuade her and she's just not having it. And, you know, they can't be too rough Mm -hmm. with her because they still need her alive and able to function. So they bring in the Prime Minister and he's like, yeah. I have a little secret weapon against Nalase. It's this little clone. She got to find her. Mm-hmm. And I think that sets up what the rest of our season is going to be. Is going to be them. Well, oh, we also got, they're probably going to meet up with Echo and Rex again, which I'm so excited about. Yep. Yeah. We get to see what they're doing because they, they want to send the information about what they found out to Echo and Rex, which I think is mm-hmm. really kind of cool. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mm-hmm. – it really does. And it's actually kind of the, – the as much as I like – I like a show about a group of people, but I feel like – this is a bit of a tangent, but it, I think it all links together. 
I wasn't bothered when in the Book of Boba Fett we had an episode about the Mandalorian because to me it all kind of tied together. And it was sort of saying like whatever the name of this show is, it's really just about all the people at this point in time in this situation in the universe, in the mm-hmm. galaxy. And I think kind of the same way here. Like, yeah, it makes sense that like Rec- Rex and Echo are off doing their thing. Our characters are doing their thing. At some point, they're going to meet up together. And so I'm looking forward to that. In terms of all the Kaminoan stuff, I – I'm really excited about it. I I know this is a good trope, but especially after watching Galen Erso reluctantly decide to go for the Empire in part because of like all the stuff about his daughter motivating him and him try- – like I'm not really wild about seeing another scientist decide to help the evil government because of concern over a young girl. Uh, that's not the only reason Galen does it. Galen does it in part because he thinks he can – you know put the flaw in and all that but i so i'm a little kind of like okay that that that's a trope you've used before but it is one i think that they've set up well i think they did set up a good connection between nala say and omega i think there could be some really interesting stuff to explore there uh i, I just hope they kind of like signpost it in a way of like this is not galen or so this is a different kind of situation we're yeah. dealing with here yeah i will be interested to see what they do there because it was very clear in the first season with the fennec shand episode that like Nala say does have a very caring um, kind of mm-hmm. what would it be? Just she's caring towards um, Omega, whether or not yeah, there we go, whether or not Omega yeah. fully recognizes it. And I think Omega obviously has a lot of trauma from Camino and doesn't really like to talk about it typically. But when she does, she often brings up Nala say, and it doesn't feel negative or hateful. So I right. think it made a lot of sense that they're like, we need to bring this character back. And, you know, we're trying to get her to work for Palpatine. What can we do? Use Omega. And I think that right. gives a good um, kind of antagonist for our next few episodes of now, even though the Bad Batch is supposedly dead, the Empire is going to come after them anyways, because they really need Omega, right. whether or not. She's alive. They need to find her. <laughs> and so they're hoping yeah. she's alive and they're going to be hunting them. Exactly. And I think that's going to be really interesting, especially seeing, you know, how this is all playing out and stuff like that. I think, you know, it. this is one of those interesting stories where to some extent we do know what is and isn't successful, you know, in that – one of the things they said in the Clone Wars is that one of the reasons why they wanted to breed the Zilla Beast, and I think they make an offhand reference to this as well, but is that like it has this this these these scales, this body mm-hmm. armor that is just so impenetrable that there's one point talk about like could you create that, make that usable for, you know, to basically make a new kind of best card almost, to make something and and clearly 18 years after this, Stormtrooper armor is not <laughs> impenetrable. But another 30 years after that the cloning of force-capable creatures, uh, uh, beings, does have a thing. So I think, like, like on some level, I think we know that Nalase is not gonna, like, that probably they'll rescue her, or that maybe she gets killed, or something like that. Um, but we do know that the cloning efforts continue. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely interested to see where it's going. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> and something I just kind of put together while you were talking is, like, mm-hmm. now that the Empire is out to find Omega anyways they don't care like they thought the bad batch was dead but now they're gonna come find them anyways it doesn't really matter how they break ties with sid like the batch doesn't know that yet but even if sid says they're alive that doesn't do too much because the empire's already after them that's kind of the thing they were trying to avoid 
Right. Well, and I do think that might be an interesting moment because I could kind of see Sid's character going either way. I could see – like I kind of now want someone in the Empire to go to Sid and we get to see a kind of maker where either Sid is – when her back's up against the wall, she sells out the team, which is you know unfortunate but I think wouldn't be terribly yeah. surprising. But I also think it's possible that she – maybe she has some regret over what just happened or she does have some sense of loyalty – and that when the Empire tries to go to her, she refuses to like, you know, turn her back on them or whatever. And I think that could be a really interesting moment of like really testing who is Sid. Yeah. Because you're right. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. But those two things th- – those two plot lines are yeah. going to Yeah, and together. I almost think it could – the difference could be if the Empire's like, where's the Bad Batch? Sid be like, let me tell you. But if they're like, where's Omega? She might pause. Because I feel like her oh, and yeah, Omega have had true. some – good bonding and omega's always shown so much compassion omega was the reason that they helped sid get her bar back omega was the reason mm-hmm. they have done so much for her and so i feel like that could i i don't know i definitely see her turning in the bad batch unless that becomes part of the conversation yeah i could even see it being kind of a lando situation where she makes a deal with them but her deal is like uh, I'll 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 turn them over to you, but you have to leave Omega. You know, don't don't bring her to yeah. me or something. And they say they'll do that when clearly mm-hmm. they won't. And it's only when she finds out that Omega's in danger that she switches yeah. sides. Like Star Wars hires as writers. Clearly, we've yep, got this whole of course. <laughs> um, any other kind of last things? I think it's a pretty short episode. There's not too much to say about it. Uh, obviously, it's it's planting some really good seeds. I think for where the rest of the season's going to take us. Any other last things you wanted to comment on? Um, I mean, I think. Just the thing with the villagers, I was like, dang, mm-hmm. the Empire is really just collecting and killing them all. Like, we saw children yeah. getting on that ship, and the commandos were just rounding them up. Which, I also was very upset yep. of the portrayal of the commandos. Not because I don't believe that they would follow orders like that, because in the books, there is a book um, after the Empire where they're still working for the Empire, and they do follow orders, and they do kill Jedi. Um, yeah. It's just that commandos are not supposed to be foot soldiers they're supposed to be specialized like teams that do mm-hmm. high priority jobs they're not supposed to just be i don't know rounding up citizens so yeah that being said and there's a couple i would say there's a couple times in those books when they do do more kind of like what they see as menial tasks and they object pretty yeah to yeah it. um i did Notice that we kind of got some shots focusing a bit on this, like, who seems to be a commander of the commandos. So I would be interested mm-hmm. to know who that is, even if he's, like, kind of a baddie. I just am so obsessed with commandos. Yeah. I hope that they maybe are the ones hunting the Bad Batch down, you know? Maybe they're going to be a bigger part sure. of this because they seem to be kind of Palpatine's little dogs mm-hmm. at the moment, kind of doing what he needs. Yeah, and I think one thing that Star Wars has been doing more and more, and for the most part, I think doing this well, but uh, some problems for sure, is that you know we all know the story about how Disney decided that the the extended universe canon uh, was not canon anymore, and it was only going to be their own canon going forward. Lots of people have lots of opinions on that. I don't want to get into that, but they have, I think, been doing a lot of really interesting jobs of like, okay, we're going to take little bits and pieces from those canon novels and bring them in. And I think especially a lot of that's happened mm-hmm. with the clones. And so, yeah, seeing an actual Republic commando and having that be named on screen, I think is a yeah. big deal uh, and will be a big deal if we go forward with that. So we'll see. Then also, I think actually ties into one other uh, fun connection that I noticed. 
That actually ties into one other interesting connection I noticed in this episode. And it's subtle, and I don't know if they're ever going to make it explicit, but I think it's worth commenting on. Earlier, both in this season, but especially in last season, we had this plot line of, you know, the very competent clones, but who were also a lot of trouble, possibly being replaced by the Empire, by the cheaper, not quite as good, but they can get the job done, you know, stormtrooper conscripts. And that's been a tension. And so I think there's an interesting thing there of there's a real parallel to that with the Empire's got rid of the the troublesome cloners who were too independent, and now they have their own cloners, but they still – these cloners aren't as good, you know, and they're struggling because they wanted to get rid of the Kaminoans, but they still need some of the Kaminoans' expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's a fun dynamic because I think that's a big part of – you know, as empires establish themselves, it's like we only want our people doing things. But when you're valuing loyalty above all else, like you lose a lot of expertise. And I, I'm just kind of – I don't know if they'll make that an explicit connection, but I think it's definitely there. And I'm curious to see how that yeah, will play out. I agree. That kind of is how I was feeling about the Kaminoans too. It was like they realized they kind of shot themselves in the foot by destroying Kamino because even though you have the research and you have the scientists, she's not willing to help you. And now you have to try to find people who can try to work up to that level of genius, but you never know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. One thing that I just put together right now is we're definitely getting more crosshair. They're definitely going to call him up, be like, hey, we need that little chick that was running around with your squad. And he's going to be like, let me tell you, I've been waiting for this moment. So I really hope yeah. that we get Crosshair and the Commandos hunting the Bad Batch. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Especially because the Commandos are another kind of – in many ways, I think the Bad Batch was a stand-in for the Commandos mm-hmm. in terms of, as you said, they're not regs. They're not the normal people. They're like genetically bred. They're enhanced. They're like – or especially trained, whatever it is. They have all these additional skills, which kind of is what the Bad Batch is. And – we saw Crosshair really kind of like chomping at the bit when he's with either regular clones or with new conscripts of the Stormtroopers. So, yeah, it'll be fun to see like how that yeah. all plays out. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up now where we will have bonus content for the patrons. Um, this is a very special day for Star Wars because not only did the new episode of Clone Wars come out, but the new episode of Mandalorian came out. Both Aaron and I are kind of tired because we watched both of those. Uh, Aaron and I will be having a brief discussion of the new episode of Mandalorian in our bonus content for patrons. Uh, And so I definitely suggest checking that out. But also, we're going to do double duty for the next couple of weeks. So this podcast will be doing episodes on The Bad Batch every week. We will also be doing episodes on The Mandalorian every week. Ashley Coffin, who's been with me for uh, all The Mandalorian up till now, and Book of Boba Fett is going to come back. I think Paul Hoppy's taking a break, but we might get him in for an episode or two. Uh, we're going to rec- we're recording with Aaron early on Wednesday, so hopefully these Clone Wars episodes will come out Wednesday afternoon. The Bad Batch, ep- the Mandalorian episodes, I'm recording with Ashley because Ashley works. Those are going to go out probably late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. But don't worry, we will have coverage for you of the Mandalorian as well. And if you're watching one show but not the other, we will try and keep the two separate so that, you know, you don't get spoiled on one or the other if you're not the kind of maniac like me who's watching them both the day they come out. Uh, actually, I'll ask you for I'll ask you this. Uh, which did you watch first, The Mandalorian or The Bad Batch? I watched Batch? The Bad Batch first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I appreciate your loyalty yep. and dedication. That's, that's <laughs> where it will be. Uh, I did not. Uh, <laughs> only because I – 
uh, I, I, I timed it out so that I could do a rewatch of season two of The Mandalorian, go right into the new episode, and then watch The I Bad gotcha. Batch. So it was kind of like freshest that in makes my mind. Sense. Um, so obviously check all that out. Um, if you're a patron, you get the special content. It's really worth it. You'll get our thanks. You get other kind of bonus opportunities as well. Uh, you can find all the information by just looking at the show notes or by going to the website for this podcast and all my podcasts theethicalpanda.com. There also you'll find a way to contact us. What do you think of all of this? We'd love to hear your thoughts. People have been sending in some ideas that I've been kind of bringing in, but they wanted me not to mention them. Uh, keep it anonymous. But other people, if you want to have your thoughts read on air, your questions discussed, whatever it is, send us feedback. We've gotten some. We're going to do a feedback, step up, a feedback episode probably when the show ends. We'll see. Uh, because send that all to, to uh, Matthew at theethicalpanda.com or just find all of our contact information at theethicalpanda.com. Uh, but I'm not the only content creator here. Aaron creates a lot of awesome stuff. So, uh, Aaron, or as I should say, perhaps Lady Tano, where can we find yeah, you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok as Lady Tano Creates. I used to have periods mm-hmm. in there. They're gone. I changed my username. It's just Lady Tano Creates, all one, all one word. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mostly do cosplay stuff. Um, I'm in the process of remaking some Leku for my Ahsoka Season 7 cosplay. I'm slowly but surely working through making her armor as well. Um, Yeah, I was on vacation for a week, and I'm still kind of recovering from that. So my content has taken kind of a brief pause, but I have some crazy stuff going on this week as well. My company's moving locations, so I'll be busy, but... Hopefully oh, wow. next week I'll get back to it. I'll have some more <laughs> regular content, some more crafting for everyone. Um, oh, also, I am awesome. creating an original character. So I've put up a couple polls about, like, how people think I should dress. I have some outfit options and stuff. So if you want to see me also creating that as I go, just go ahead and drop a follow. Come along on my journey. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm not a cosplayer, but I'm someone who really enjoys kind of seeing – I've always enjoyed it and seeing behind the scenes has really just been awesome. So definitely check out all the things Aaron is doing. Check out all the things The Ethical Panda. And of course, most importantly, have a good day. 